I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, tennis fans, and welcome to episode 26 of The Passing Shot. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of The Passing Shot, your tennis catch-up podcast. I'm Joel, the Wandering Wildcard, and once again I'm joined by my co-host Kim, the self-confessed Queen of Clay. Today on The Passing Shot, it's a special episode, we'll be previewing the so-called Fifth Slam, the Happy Slam, it's Indian Wells in California... And today we're going to be looking at the men and women's draws, looking at the eight things that we're most looking forward to. But before we get into all of that, Kim, how are you doing? How are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, not being too bad. Um, I feel like we should have a round of applause for Indian Wells, um, just the way you introduced it then. Um, <laughs> I picked it up, so I'm hoping that... Yeah, you really picked it I, up. I picked it up, so I'm hoping it's going to provide lots of action, lots of talking points. It's a really fun tournament, I think, you know, on the American hard courts. You know, they, the way they market it, tennis paradise. I, I love oh, that. I know. Yeah, it looks beautiful. Matches. Yeah, all, all those the palm matches. trees and... I think it's really good for fans. So I think the like practice courts are really accessible. And I've seen, I remember watching videos of players like playing football, you know, um, <laughs> when they're not playing tennis, just um, around the ground. So I think it just looks like a really fun uh, tournament. Like I just want to be there right now <laughs> watching it all. Yeah, we've got lots to talk about in the draws. They're, sh- they're shaping up nicely. Um, loads of great matches, I think, coming our way. So I'm really, really excited. I think we should begin... Well, should we should we begin with women, Joel? Or yeah, let's let's yeah. begin with the women. So we've had the women and men's draws already happen, and as we record at the moment, women's round one is going on. So we're going to do a preview. <laughs> we're still doing our preview, but yeah, we're, <laughs> we're we're totally aware that round one is going going on at the moment, aren't we, Kim? Yeah, we're we're not just sort of living in our own tennis timeline. Um, I mean, Joe Conta's already won her first match, so. Hurrah. Katie Balters already lost in qualifying, although she was up against the winner of the Indian Wells uh, 125k tournament, Victoria Golibich. That was a nightmare draw for her in qualities. Dan Evans has won his first qualifying match and he's playing Noah Rubin later today. So, yeah, it's yeah. all kind of going on as we speak. Um, we're doing our best to kind of keep everyone up to date. But... And, and, and you've got to mention as well, Heather Watson lost to Sarah Rani, and Arani has already oh. committed like 50 million double faults. So, uh, you know, everything's <laughs> everything's right in the world at the moment in Indian Wells. Everything is normal in Heather Watson's world, sadly, yeah. So the first thing we wanted to discuss from the women's draw is how will Naomi Osaka respond after 
her fairly shock start to her number one reign. She's defending a title for the first time in her career. So that's kind of a new a new concept. And actually, no one, apart from Martina Navratilova, has ever successfully defended an Indian Wells title. So she's kind of up against the uh, history books, if you like. She's got a new coach on board. So we said in our last pod- podcast that um, Asaga had just uh, joined forces with Jermaine Jenkins. Jenkins. I was going to say Jermaine Jackson there. (laughs) That would be an interesting relationship. (laughs) A very musical one. Um, So we'll see how Osaka gets on. She she didn't seem very comfortable when she was in Dubai. She lost to Christina Milozenovic, which interestingly, she will potentially face um, Christina Milozenovic in the second round. What do you make of that rematch if it happens? Yeah, so... Good question. I, I I think, honestly, I think that loss to Mladenovic was just a blip. And if that rematch, if that rematch does happen, then I'm, I expect Osaka to, to comfortably come through it. I think she's a player that rises for the big tournaments. I think she's already shown us that with her two Grand Slam trophies. So I expect her to be right at home at Indian Wells. As you said, it's, it's very, unpre- it's a very unpredictable tournament in terms of predicting the champions i know we're going to try that and probably fail at that uh, at, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> later on in in the episode but kind of looking back at previous champions i mean you have some names here that you you'd be quite surprised to see you know flavia panetta won it in in 2014 vejnina in in 2017 mm. as well you've got halep as well who won it in 2015 as a couple of titles and and she won it in 2016 so yeah it's a it's a hard tournament to to win back to back but i think osaka is going to be mentally i think she's going to be mentally fresh mentally prepared for the for the tournament ahead and i fully expect her to go to go deep into it yeah i think yeah, I feel like she's going to kind of regroup and Dubai was probably just like a rogue blip. So, I, I, yeah, I kind of agree that she certainly will do better than she did in Dubai. I mean, we might see her play Pliskova in the quarterfinals. Uh, she could have a, a semi with Kerber. So, and then a Halep potentially in the final if the seeding goes to plan. Um, also, interestingly... I was just looking, you know, at the list of of the last sort of few years of of champions and Kazakina got to the final last year and she's absolutely nowhere to be seen. She's had a dreadful start to the year. So certainly don't think she'll be doing what she did last year. But actually moving on from Osaka, this actually could be, you know, she's just become the world number one after the Australian Open. But there actually are four other women that could overtake Osaka as number one at this tournament should the results go their way. So Petra Kvitova, Simona Halep, Sloane Stevens, and Karolina Pliskova could all actually grab the number one mantle from Osaka. Yeah, so the second thing that we're looking forward to in Indian Wells this week is who is going to come out of Indian Wells as women's number one. As you said, there's a few names in the hat there who could come out, who could come out. They're all, you know, they're all up there potentially you know i'm looking at them they could all be potential champions at, at the end of the week i mean i think kvitova i, I quite is, like is she the most likely one I think, think. for me i think i think she's been the most form and mm. consistent player in in 2019 she's won the tournament two finals so i think she's number one on the race at the moment mm. so but she needs to reach the semi-finals at least uh, whereas Halep or Stevens would need to at least reach the final. 
Pliskova would need to win the title and then, you know, depending on what the other, others do as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's all kind of up for grabs. I mean, it might be a bit of a merry-go-round with the number one for the next few months um, if results kind of go certain people's way. But obviously Osaka's got all those points to defend so who are you uh who do you think who do you think is going to be number one kim at the end of at the end of the week oh uh yeah i think maybe she won't win the tournament and defend her points but i don't think the others will necessarily get to where they need to get to 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 take it from her that's my that's what i'm gonna go for so you, so, you? so what so what you're saying is you you're not you're not backing Madenovic again to uh I'm to not cause backing the ups- anyone <laughs> to get I don't know <laughs> to cause the yeah, upset no, against Osaka I... and open the door for for any of any any of uh, players ranked around her. Yeah, I think Osaka <laughs> will make it further than Mladenovic, but I don't I think maybe we might see some other surprise victories, you know, I don't, I don't know how far Sloane Stevens is likely you know going to get and I, I just don't know really um we'll see how Halep gets on she's, she's fresher than she has been you know she hasn't played for like I don't know a week which is probably <laughs> a long rest in, in Simone Halep's world uh but we'll see about that um but that's um let's let's carry on with the draw more specifically so the third thing we kind of wanted to raise was there is a pretty I mean there's there's countless good matches in this draw as we mentioned a bit um earlier but there's like one quarter in particular which a lot of like the tennis journos are naming the quarter of death so sloan stevens is actually the top seed in this segment of the draw but it's serena williams that has i guess the most interesting bits of this draw so to make even the uh, the round of 16 the fourth round she might have to play victoria azarenka and garbina muguruza just to get that far and then she would after that potentially have Kiki Burton's, then Sloane Stevens, then Simona Halep, then Osaka. So, I mean, obviously we know Serena can beat all those players. It just depends what Serena's going to be showing up. And I mean, it's just that just alone tells you how good the women's draw is at the moment. It's just so full of, of people who can just on their given day beat anyone. Yeah. And you've got, you've got former Grand Slam champions there. You, you know, there might not be players who are ranked high enough to be you know one of the the top seeds but certainly on their day Azarenka Muguruza have proved that they can yeah they could be anyone I think everyone is hoping praying for an, an Azarenka Serena Williams matchup in the second round that would be good I would love to see Azarenka win that if it happens I just think Azarenka needs a bit of a break like she needs a she's... statement win she, needs she does, doesn't she? Win. I think she just needs momentum and confidence. And yeah, I would love to see her get like a big victory again, like a big, a big win and some titles. You know, I just, I really have missed her, like you know, being at the top of the game. Uh, but in that segment, we've also got Bianca Andreescu. You know, she's sort of one of the rising stars of of the season, if you like. Kiki Burton's is also floating around in that quarter, and Joe Conter's actually mm. in that segment. So. You never know what yeah. Joe could. Uh, and she's already do. through. She's already through to the the second round, isn't she? Second round, and then she's gonna, I think, possibly play Su Wei Shui, which is actually a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> so you don't ever really want to play her. She's so tricky. But um, we'll see. We'll see how Serena gets on. Um, Serena. Well, there hasn't been any American winner of this tournament since 2001 and i believe is this the tournament that serena and venus boycotted for many years because of the racism yeah, from the fans they, yeah they did so they but i think they've played they've it obviously put lot. that that behind them 
Um, yeah. Interestingly, I saw earlier. So Serena and Venus were scheduled to play uh, the doubles competition together, but they've mm. actually um, earlier today pulled out of the doubles competition. So whether that means that Serena can now fully focus on on the singles and just on on the singles matches means that you know it might play into her favour. I mean, Venus has a pretty tough draw as well, so she might face Kvitova in the second round if she gets through the first round, which I think is against Andrea Petkovic. So not, you know, the easiest not to play. Not a gimme. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Venus actually, she's ha- she did really well here. Um, well, she did really well at the start of last season, didn't she? Getting to the AO final. And I think she did pretty well here in Miami, making the semis. So she, you know, might actually she doesn't fulfill what she did this time last year like her ranking's just gonna dive so you know she needs some she needs some form venus does um but you know we'll see we'll see what what serena does what venus does that's why it's just so interesting to see you know we haven't serena hasn't played since since ao when she lost uh to pliskova so we'll, we'll just see how she's looking really um since coming back and then the the other bit of the draw i think that we should kind of mention like the fourth thing we wanted to raise was simona hallett for once has a fairly easy draw (laughs) and she's normally the player that gets the you know the short straw and gets like the nightmare long matches uh i mean she could still have long matches but you know generally speaking her draw isn't quite as quite as rocky as the other parts of the the draw as rocky i mean she's got um Sasnovich in there you know fairly tricky opponent she might have Kazakina who's literally got no form at all Ostapenko again I don't think she's really done an awful lot of late um I think she could get Svitolina um which is probably going to be her toughest test or Ash Barty but I you know generally speaking Halep you know given that she has played an awful lot of tennis already this year I think hopefully she'll have some nice you know, straightforward matches to kind of ease her, yeah. ease her in and I to think the tournament. That, yeah, and I think you know, I would have said Ash Barty, hundred percent, a danger, a dangerous floater in that part of the draw. But the fact that she's not played a tournament since her quarterfinal run at, at the Australian Open, it, it kind of, it kind of cools yeah. her, I think, a little bit. But um, I think she played the Fed Cup, but I don't, I don't think, I, I, I don't know if she has had an injury or she's just decided to take time out, but. Yeah, she. I don't know whether she'll, you know, be back straight into it, all guns blazing. But um, I mean, aside from that, there are a few other interesting ra- uh, matches, some matchups. So Yang Wafan is playing Kenin. So that's a repeat of the Acapulco, Acapulco final, final that we've literally mm. just had. So we were just discussing that on the podcast, uh, our last episode. So you know, they're literally renewing their rivalry playing twice like a, in a, one a week. week later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So that'll be interesting. And then, um, yeah, all the other matches we've kind of already raised, really. I mean, Anissimova, you know, she did, she had that amazing match at the uh, AO, sort of burst onto the scene. She's a, you know, a young sort of rising star to watch. She's, she's got Elise Mertens potentially in the second round. Um, Caroline Garcia, she's not had great form of late. She's got Jennifer Brady. Uh, well, this is a potential second round. And Brady got to the final of the of the women's tournament here in Indian Wells, like the week before the, the one, two, five K tournament. So I see Brady actually as the favorite for that one. Mm -hmm. So lots of interesting, 
interesting matchup. Danielle Collins, Australian Open semi-finalist. Yeah, if she Bouchard. Yeah, she might play Bouchard second I round. I think Bouchard's so, come into know, a bit of form actually this, she has, this season, yeah. and I, I yeah. think, uh, I think, yeah, she, I think she's ready to to go deep. Yeah, in a well, tournament. I think she's ready to or... make a. She's ready. <laughs> A reasonable appearance at WTA premieres. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get what you mean entirely. <laughs> and that's just the thing. I just think this this draw is, is very unpredictable because on any given day, anyone could beat anyone else and it just shows the depth of women's tennis. So I'm all for it. I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen and following it. And... I yeah, I hope I hope it's great tennis. I hope it lives up to to its billing on paper. So so Joel, who do you who use your money on, you know, for, for the title? <laughs> well, you know, who are we gonna go with? Obviously, Kim, my predictions are hundred percent ironclad and I always make out I always correctly predict the winner. <laughs> this time I am gonna go for Kavitova. I think she's been the form player this season so far. She's very good she, she's very good on a hard court. And I think she's ready to win, to add another title to the season. She's made semi-finals, and I think that she'll be kind of thinking, I've, you know, I've played better and I've only kind of got one title to show for it this season. I think she'll be ready to, to add another one. Yeah, no, fair play. I think she certainly has been um, the most informed generally. She's just not quite grabbed her last two finals. I'm going to go for Simona Halep, uh, not just because she's got like potentially the easiest draw on paper, but I just think, I think she's had like two weeks off and I think that will freshen her up a bit. And I think actually if she does have an easier draw and doesn't have quite as many like epic three set matches, she's just going to have that little bit extra. So when it comes to like the semis and the finals, she can get through them. Um, and yeah, what were we saying earlier? She could, could she become number one? She was one yeah, of the players, she wasn't she? Yeah. yeah, so she needs to... <sighs> get to at least the final so yeah i i'm gonna i don't know if she'll come out number one but you know she might be her against osaka in the final but why not you let's, know let's, let's wait and see i'm i'm fully expecting though them to, to now go out in round two but uh well yeah we'll... <laughs> it's gonna be a joe conter and victoria golubich final <laughs> that would actually be fantastic but you know um <laughs> Anyway, um, let's go on to the men and discuss their draw, which yeah. was made um, a day later than the ladies' draw. <sighs> yeah, so we had the men. As I said, we had the men's draw. Sadly, the defending champion uh, Juan Martín Del Potro, who you might remember last year, had an absolutely epic final against Federer, which he won. Sadly, he's had to. I uh, couldn't make it out this year. Um, he's having further rehab on his right knee. I think a lot of people will be thinking that Novak Djokovic is the favourite. And, you know, given that he's won three straight Grand Slam titles, you know, I think he's won, I think he's also won five Indian Wells titles as well. So he's definitely, I think, the favourite. And I think kind of the first thing I we're interested in at the passing shot is can he turn his Grand Slam dominance into best of three set dominance because you know we've talked we've seen him at Grand Slam level and he's almost been untouchable. Can he convert that form onto the kind of onto the main tour into the Masters events? What do you make of his What do you make of his draw, Kim? Um, I think he's got a fairly all right draw. The big name that stands out is Nick Kyrgios, who <laughs> is coming in with quite a lot of form, having actually won five matches in a row. 
uh, for the first time in a long time. So he won the Acapulco tournament. And I mean, yeah, Kyrgios Djokovic third round. I'm up for that. I think that's total, you know, popcorn tennis. And Kyrgios actually beats Novak at this tournament two years ago. So he's got form on those courts. Uh, aside from Kyrgios, I think, you know, Djokovic, she might have Monfils in the fourth round, who has won a tournament and reached like two semifinals. So yeah, also lost coming in with... In, in Dubai, didn't quite, he? Yeah, quite a lot of form he's coming in. I mean, <laughs> quarterfinals, Dominic team doesn't really have much form. Uh, Korich got to the semis um, of Dubai, I think. So, you know, and then potentially, yeah, Sitsipas in the semis or Zverev, obviously final Rafa, Roger, etc. So <laughs> I think it's seeing as Djokovic, well, he hasn't played since AO. Am I right in thinking? Yeah. We haven't seen I him play. That's right. Yeah. So I certainly don't think he's as much of a favourite as he would be for other draws, uh, for other titles. But especially, actually, if you look, his. Um, his last kind of couple of Masters finals, well, he actually lost, didn't he? He, yeah, he lost, lost to, to uh, Kachanov last year in a final, didn't he? I don't, was that a Masters final? I think it was. Um, and he lost one to Zverev as well. So, you know, he's, doesn't, he's not quite as efficient at turning Masters finals into victories like he is in Sam's. <laughs> Yeah, uh, totally. I think, you know, a lot of people obviously looking at that uh, Djokovic, sorry, Djokovic, Kyrgios matchup in the third round. I feel like so many words have already been written about it, but we've got to remember this is Nick Kyrgios. He could, he, he might, he could even just kind of retire in, in the first round. Yeah, he's still got that first round match to, sorry, second round match to come. Uh, and that could, I think, potentially be against someone like uh, Philip Kohlschreiber. So, you know, I don't, I don't think any match, I don't think any <laughs> matches are given with with Nick, Nick Kyrgios, no. but as much, but that still doesn't mean that we we don't want we'd love to see, uh, we'd love to see a, yeah a Novak Kyrgios third round. I mean, he might go off jet skiing, but then they're in the middle of the <laughs> desert, so maybe we'll have to find another sport to entertain himself while he's not playing tennis. Yeah. So um, so moving on to the second point, and kind of moving further down as draw and looking at Axarev, so. Our second point that we're, we're really interested in is Zverev. Although he's at home in Masters events, we know he can play it, play Masters events better than Grand Slams. He's got actually quite a tough path to navigate, and it'll be interesting to see how he how he goes about that. Um, he um, obviously will remember he kind of went out in straight sets at the Australian Open by Rainich. Re- he could he could face him in in round four, and that's actually not the only obstacle he could face. Um, he's got potentially Dimitrov in in round three, even kind of he could come up against his brother as well in in, in the second <laughs> round as well. Excellent. Well, they've been playing doubles together. They won the Dubai tournament, so they're obviously getting on quite nicely at the moment. Um, yeah, Sverev's Deminor as well, potentially round yeah. four. And so... Anderson or Sissipas in quarters, yeah. not particularly not particularly easy opponents. You know, Sissipas in a great run of form and Anderson always very solid um, on a hard court. So I think that you know, this is going to be a kind of tough quarter for him to kind of to navigate. But certainly his you know record at Masters events, I think 
know, if you looked at that draw at a grand, sl- you know, at a grand slam, you'd think, you know, which round is he going out in? But you know, in the be- in the best of three, in the best of three set format, I think you know, I still think he's kind of favourite to get to that uh, that semi final slot uh, against against Novak. Yeah, I think so. I think when it comes to the Masters, Zverev is a lot more predictable. Um, he's also got Laszlo Jair potentially in this quarter, and he's the sort of new up-and-coming Serbian that won Rio a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, really interesting to see how he'll do. Uh, obviously, he's just off the back of the final in Acapulco as well, so he's got form. Um but yeah, also, um, interestingly, in this section of the draw, we've got Tsitsipas, um, who we mentioned, who um, potentially Cam Norrie might get the chance to play in the uh, second round um, if he gets through Felix Auger Aliassim, who is also another kind of up and coming uh, next gen star, if you like, uh, young Canadian who just reached his first final in Rio losing to Jair. So he's got Cam in the first round and then the winner of that would play Sitsipas. So I'm really excited personally to see what happens in those two matchups. Um, you know, yeah. they, there's just so many players that seem to be in form um, at the moment. Yeah. So I mean, if it's you look, really popcorn stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look at that quarter, Kim, you've got quite a few already 2019 ATP Tour champions. You've got obviously Sitsipas who won in Marseille. Batiste Surigout from Do- who won in Doha, De Menor won in Sydney, Jair in Rio, and Kevin Anderson in, in Pune. So you've got players there who've already won a title this season. They already know how to get, uh, you know, go far in a tournament, win those kind of key matchups. So that is not going to be uh, for, for someone who, who, for the person who is going to be coming through in that quarter. They're going to be battle hardened and ready when they get to the the semifinals. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're completely right. So we will see what occurs. Um, The kind of third thing we wanted to talk about was Roger Federer. So he has won his 100th title in Dubai, Um, you know, cruising on. um, Will he get to 101 here in Indian Wells? You know, could we see him reeling off the next nine tournaments to get his, uh, to beat Jimmy Connors' record? Um, He's got, well... I mean, his draw, I think, is pretty decent. Uh, round two, potentially Sepi or... or uh, I've got, I've, I, I do not know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> uh, Gotchevich. Sorry, I'm really murdering that name. Uh, Stan in the third round. Uh, Fognini uh, or Carl Edmund. Yes, that'd be lovely in round four. Um, I mean... Yeah, I think Federer's kind of going to be all right with, with this one. I think he's going to get to at least the semi-finals. Yeah, I, I do you know what personally. I think it was. I think it was really good. You know, obviously he won Dubai last week and that actually put him in the top four seeds. I think obviously he would have had a trickier draw had he uh, been outside the top four seeds. But the fact that he is now in that top four means that you know he now can't face you know someone like Nadal or well, Djokovic, but Nadal in, in the semi-finals and then, yeah, potentially Djokovic in the finals. So I could play, he could play Stan in, in round three. Um, but, you know, Stan hasn't exactly been the Stan that we know he can be. And, you know, um, they've actually played 24 times already, uh, both Fed and Stan. 
So uh, but they I don't know when they last played each other, actually. It's been a while, hasn't it? It has been a but while. Do you know what? I was, intriguing I was really surprised matchup. by their head-to-head, actually, when I saw mm. this. Because, uh, yeah, if, if Federer does come up against Stan the Man in, in round three, the current head-to-head is 21-3 in favour of Federer. Um, mm. But Stan's, all of Stan's victories have come at, at Masters level, sorry, Masters level or Grand Slam level events. So I think it would be a very competitive match. I think Stan actually has been playing quite well this season, although he's not got a lot to show for it. Yeah. So um, that would, game would be another kind of popcorn match alongside, um, you know, alongside in the top half, the potential Novak Kyrgios match. Yeah, absolutely. One other thing that I thought was quite interesting um, was that it's the first ATP tour event since 2017 that we've actually had um, Rafa and Roger playing the same event for two whole years, which is interesting. I mean, obviously they've played in slams, but um, at the ATP level, they have not actually both played the same tournament. Well, uh, we'll see if mad. they. <laughs> we'll see if they both get to the semi-finals. I know there's always kind of everyone. It's always like the dream matchup for the for the casual yeah, for the casual fan. And yeah, I, you know, I would love to see that matchup as well. But uh, obviously, there's a long the way. There's a long yeah. way to go before we can even um, talk about that. Um, the final point I wanted to make, actually, Kim, on this on on this little bit on Federer was, I, you know, I go to all the the best sources for for uh for research and i came across an article in newspaper the daily express that you know please take this with a pinch of salt but it suggested that federer was going to be trialing out a double-handed backhand this week in indian (laughs) wells um to combat the low court speeds which apparently was informed by a very reliable source now i this was i've not seen this i've not seen this piece of news anywhere else maybe the daily express have had you know the biggest scoop ever in in the tennis world but um (laughs) what are your thoughts on that do you think that's absolute nonsense or do you are you or yeah could you see it break it out a double-handed backhand well i i haven't seen this myself so i don't know if this is just what what, where you managed to find this one joel (laughs) um i don't know it kind of looks it sounds like shoddy journalism but i don't know I don't know who they're supposedly reliable sources. I can't think why Federer would suddenly, after 37 years of of his life, suddenly want to go to a double-handed backhand. Um, But I would love to see it happen. You know, we've had Nick Kyrgios' underarm serving. Why why not have players just changing their backhands? You know, Rafa's going to go one-handed. Federer's going to go double-handed. That'll be interesting. Maybe if they meet in the semis, they could do an agreement like, right, we're gonna, we're gonna do change our backhands, do a swap, yeah. But what <laughs> remains to be seen about that one? <laughs> uh, talking of Rafa, what do you think? Do you how far do you reckon he's gonna go in uh, in Indian Wells? I mean, he's got an all right draw, hasn't he? Yeah, it's not too shabby. Yeah, uh, I think that that does bring us on to our kind of fourth point. Our fourth and final point is that. Is will Nadal be able to get back on track after an early exit in Acapulco? I think he's got quite a favourable draw actually. Um, I don't think I don't think it is as difficult, you know, as like for example, Zverev has. You know, he could potentially face Donaldson or or a qualifier in round two. You know, Schwartz, Schwartzman or Harrison in round three. I, I, you know, I think like they're quite, you know, 
win- the very winnable matches. Winnable. Mm. You could potentially come up against Medvedev in round four, and you know he has been one of the form players uh, this season. But having said that, in in the last episode of Passing Shot, Medvedev lost to Richard Barankis in in Dubai. So um, yeah. So you know, I I think that you know he's got quite a a nice calm. Uh, route to kind of the quarterfinals, semi quarterfinals, semifinals. You know, it could face potentially John Isner in the quarters, but um, yeah, I, I still kind of see him. You know, I still kind of see him putting that curious loss behind him and 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 making a good run into uh, in Indian Wells. Oh, I hope so. I do hope so. Um, yeah, he's got an all right, an all right draw, but we'll see see how his body holds up and we'll see. I mean, qualifier first round, that could be an informed Dan Evans. Who knows if he can get through qualies. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, Goffan as well is in that section and he's working back again with Thomas Johansson. So we'll see if that has any like immediate impact on Goffan's performance. Um, but yeah, I mean, who's your money on then, Joel? Who do you think will... Uh, <sighs> Who's going to uh, grab the, the title? You know, I think the boring answer would be no, Djokovic. Would be no bet. <laughs> and I'm, I don't, I, I could be quite rogue. I, I'm, I really think Rayanich is a dark horse. Um, oh, okay. Where's that come I, from? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think it was because I watched it. I, I saw a little bit of the uh, the tiebreak tens uh, tournament, which was uh, it was done in a, as a part of a warm up to the Indian Wells, which he he oh, won, yeah. and he looked quite good. And I know. Yes, I know that's only kind of like 10-point te- uh, matches, but um, I think kind of, I think Indian Wells suits suits Rennich and I think he could be a dark horse to go far. Having said that, I still think champion-wise, I'm going to go with Zverev. Oh, okay. Mm, I was considering him myself, but I feel <laughs> like I shouldn't say the same name. Um, so for the point, for the sake of being uh, different... <laughs> I'm going to go with, oh, I'm going to go with Roger Federer. Why not? <laughs> Number 101. Um, I mean, he, he almost won it last year. So I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go Fed. You're expecting him. I, I don't normally predict Federer. So this is like a first uh, for me. Kim, I can see yeah. it now. He's going to hit a double-handed backhand down the line to win the <laughs> tournament, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> go Rog. Yeah. Let's say Fed. Why not? Let's have a, have a word on the doubles because actually this is a Indian Wells is one of those tournaments where you get singles players suddenly deciding they would like to play doubles uh which is great because great for fans at home and on tv you get some really interesting matchups so let's talk about like in the women for example you know we were gonna have Serena and Venus but as you said they've kind of just pulled out citing change of schedule regions uh regions reasons uh we've got azarenka playing with svitolina though that's that's a nifty pairing yeah yeah um ash barty's playing with caroline garcia uh genie bouchard is playing with stones sloan stevens elise mertens with sabalenka julia gerges and pliskova so a whole host of like really good doubles pairings uh, with top singles names playing so it's it's funny that i is it because the tournament is spread out you know over like a week and a half that they think you know they've got more time to fit it into their schedule yeah. do you think that's the reason yeah i yeah i think they obviously just love playing tennis and i think i think they want to almost like please the flat 
please the fans and it's great to kind of see these players yes in singles but also in in doubles because you know sometimes these pairings get put out on the outside courts and you know it kind of opens opens these players up to to kind of more casual audiences and you get to see yeah some unique unique matchups that you might not you might not see anywhere else yeah, exactly. Um, and Kyrgios is playing singles and doubles as well. Um, so, you know, uh, but the most exciting pairing probably in the men's is, uh, yeah, Djokovic has decided to to play dubs and he's going to be with Fabio Fognini. <laughs> so that's a bit of a, a fan favourite match. Like, does, he, does he just like, I don't know, just like WhatsApp just... him and be like, hey, mate, do you want to play uh, doubles yeah. in Indian Wells? I know. Uh, they've got Raonic and Shardy in the first round. So your, your dark horse for the singles, mm. you know. Um, and then actually they could face Jamie Murray and Bruno Suarez in the second round. So um, that would be quite a lively match for Jamie if he gets uh, gets yeah. there. So Kyrgios is playing with Taylor Fritz. Um, and they've got Steve Johnson and Dominic team in the first round. So again, like loads of top top guys in the doubles. Um on a from a British perspective, Carl Edmonds playing with Neil Skupski. Um, I wondered why Neil was not playing with Ken. I don't know if it's Ken, because Ken's ranking is too low. I I don't know, or they just he's having a break or something. Um, and we've got um, also uh, Dom Inglots uh, playing with Frank Skugel, who's his sort of regular partner on the tour of late. Also, obviously, Jamie Murray, as we just mentioned. Uh, the Zverev brothers are also playing, and they just won Dubai last week, so they're actually coming in with, with good form. So, yeah, loads of interesting doubles pairings to to catch. Um, in particular, yeah, I think Djokovic is like the, the star name of the singles guys going over to the doubles. Um, but, you know, we've got the classic pairings of, you know, our fave Pierre, Oogs, Herbert and Mahou. Yeah, Brian brothers. Um Actually, they've done pretty well since since Bob's come back from his surgery. Mm. So that's encouraging, to say the least. So again, it's not just the singles that is jam-packed full of great matches and, you know, great pairings. We um, we have, you know, a whole host of names in the doubles. Oh, and also Joe Salisbury. How could I forget? They've just won Dubai, him and Rajiv Ram. So, so again, more British... Um, Brits in the doubles, you know, holding the fort. So I'm excited for the doubles as well. There's just going to be so much tennis over the next, you know, week yeah. and a half. It probably will be, I mean, you know, it goes without saying, I think doubles will probably be the best chance for British success in Indian Wells. Just kind of before we wrap up this episode, Kim, if we kind of talk about a last Brit standing in Indian Wells in the singles... Mm. who would your money be on across the men and women's events oh this is tough i i would say cam nori but he's got felix Auger aliasim in the first round so i feel like joe conda's already got through to round two so is she a more reliable option I, i'm not sure how how kyle's gonna do um I know he just has won the Oracle Challenger. So on these courts, you know, he has got form, but I just am not too sure. Um, oh, <laughs> I hate predictions. <laughs> I'm going to say Joe Conta. I don't know why. Ooh, okay. but I'm just going to go. I'm going to go with Joe. I feel like she might. She might actually manage to beat Sue Wei Shui. So we'll see. Yeah. I, 
I think I'm going to have to go with Kyle Edmund. As you said, I think he's got, obviously he's got form already, having won the Indian Wells Challenger last week. And I think he's ready to kind of uh, come back with a bang on tour. So I'm going to go with Kyle Edmund. Great stuff. Wow. <laughs> but we'll see. So, we'll see. We, we will see. We know our, our predictions are normally are normally wrong, normally terrible, and and normally by the weekend we'll, we'll our predictions probably would have crashed out already. But uh, we'll, we'll be hanging um, our heads in shame. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll be we'll be back and we'll be reviewing um, Indian Wells once the the tournament is over. Uh, this- yeah, we will. This uh, serves as our, our preview episode, as always. If you want to uh, follow us, like us, uh, comment on us, um, you can do that on our social media channels. Um, follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Passing Shot Pod. And remember to subscribe and rate our podcast on all the podcasting platforms out there. We're on iTunes, Spotify, google podcast stitcher podbean you know whatever whatever you like we'll be we'll be on there just search the passing shot tennis podcast and we'll be back early next week with our uh, next episode uh, focusing on player pronunciation so we're going a little off of course with some extra slice content coming your way so until then um enjoy the tennis and thanks for listening and see you next time <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.